I thought they had one um, that was just passed down and passed down and passed down to generation. <laughs> and I said, that one was a girl on the cover. <laughs> the the never-ending album. Yeah, yeah, it uh, just gets passed down. It's timeless. <laughs> it's a, a rite of passage. Why, okay, you've turned 17 or 16. Here's your Violent Femmes album. Yeah. It was handed down to me by my, my, my cousin. <laughs> this is now handed down to you. Hello, hello. Good evening. How are we all doing? You're listening to Music, Movies and Madness. It's a podcast for people that do that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) This is our 20th episode and that's the best you can come up with. (laughs) Yes, we're those sort of people. We love to talk about things. Yeah, listen to us talking for a while. Um, no, we're a podcast that talks about movies and music from selected years through time, space, and um, this year, this week, this year, this week, even we're talking mm-hmm. about the year two thousand and five. So, guys, any memories of two thousand and five? Anything come back to you? Live eight at your place, Glenn. Oh yeah, that's totally, great. man. I was we were, I was too young for Live Aid, but I remember Live Aid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good call, David. Good I forgot call. about that one. I had forgotten <laughs> about it. <laughs> How could you have forgotten? There was a student oh. reunion. I know. I know. Reunion I, that yeah, that's right. I was trying to wreck my brain. What happened in 2005? Live Aid yeah. wasn't that big, really. Was it? Do you know <laughs> what I'm talking about, Ian or Martin, in terms of what yes. band reunion? Yes, indeed. Yeah, I was That's I was right. glued to the TV watching it. Um, but there were two bands that blew me away on the day. They were one, the, the Floyd, and the other one was The Who. I thought The Who mm. did an amazing yeah. set from memory. Um, yeah, really, really cool. Um, I, I watched a clip on The Who just the other day, actually. And it's interesting that you say that because I don't know the performance I watched. It was in the UK somewhere. And I just thought, God, they look like such an odd band. They are an odd band. Yeah. Everything yeah. about the who, everything about the who is odd. Like, um, um, who's the I guitar guy? Pete, uh, Pete Townsend. Pete Townsend. And he was so he was actually on an acoustic guitar, mm. and uh, he had an electric guitarist with him. But I thought, God, that's an interesting. And it was a pretty belting song, but it's probably what a mishmash. He, it's probably because he smashed all the electric ones before he got to that song. He's not allowed them. <laughs> not allowed them anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ian, check out um, a documentary that came out oh, a few years back now called Amazing Journey, um, and it's brilliant. And it's all mm. about Poe, and it's it's a great music doco to look at. Highly recommend. I will. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, they're an unlikely band. Yeah. yeah. Oh, very much so. Four people basically all trying to play lead. Yeah, uh, the bass player and, looks and, out of place. The singer doesn't quite look like a front man. <laughs> Sorry. And, and, and the drummer who was just insane. who's the drummer? Off the Richter scale. Yeah. Off the scale. Yeah, exactly. But um, for some reason, it all seemed to work. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. They made the music. Yeah, damn straight. Yeah, that re- um, that I remember that night. It was the one of the last times I think I've done it. Pulled an all nighter. Um, 
yeah, because who knew? We didn't know what time anything was going to be on <laughs> in our part of the world. So we stayed up late and it was middle of winter and it was freezing cold, but we had the fire on and made it way too hot in the house. Um, yeah. <laughs> you too hot. We were like... <laughs> Uh, fall, roasting and falling asleep yes but um yeah i was mostly shitting myself going i hope they don't suck i hope they don't suck and they didn't and it was really good it was quite emotional yeah yeah i mean i i don't know how successful that gig was in terms of raising money i don't know if it, it wasn't it, about raising money well it was an awareness one wasn't it mm, yeah. Mm. yeah yeah but um yeah um that was definitely probably the music highlight of the year, really. I think, in terms of events, anyway. Um, you yeah. chose this specifically, Martin. I did. This... Yeah, there is a reason was... for that. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's get into it, shall we? Oh, no, I shall reveal all. Yeah. yeah. I'm so let's curious. Get... We're, we're going to get into our albums to start with. I think this week. Yeah. Nice. Um, so the album that I chosen, yeah, it's a, uh, it's an interesting one for me because um i'm on it um hey! <laughs> so, so it was the it's it, it was the first album ever that um i i ever performed on that was a commercial release and um it was a it was a a, a, a sampler album and it's from uh fat hippie records in in scotland in aberdeen and this was their sampler volume one of which they've done about five now. Um, and um, I was with uh, my blues band, Red Dog, at the time. And um, we'd taken part in a Battle of the Bands contest. And um, it was really, really strange because we came second. And um, all of the... well. To put it in context, the, the other guys in the band, I don't want to kind of cause an argument with them here, but the other guys in the band were a little bit older than me. So I was the youngest one in the band. And everybody else in the competition was probably aged about, oh, 21, somewhere between like 17 and 21. And suddenly there was this band with a, let's say, middle-aged uh, group and and myself. I was in my 30s at the time, or late 20s, 30s. Um and um, yeah, everyone else was playing kind of, you know, Chili Peppers type funky rock stuff and grungy stuff. And there was this little old blues band of these middle-aged guys. And um, yeah, somehow we came second. And um, hey. uh, yay, see? Nice. And um, as a result, we, uh, we got to go into the studio and cut a track, which uh, was released on this CD, uh, The Fat Hippie. Fat Hippie Sampler Volume 1, yeah. Volume 1. Volume nice. 1. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they're still going. They are still going as a record label. I was just looking them up earlier, and the, the recording studio, Captain Tom's in Aberdeen, which is where we recorded it, that's still going strong as well. So good luck to them. That's that's awesome. Um, the song that we recorded was was written by our um, our guitarist, Spike, uh, and it's called... It's, uh, I love it. It's called Don't Take My Stereo. <laughs> it's not your, your typical blues song, but it's basically about the idea of like, 
you know, you can take the car and you can take the kids and you know, <laughs> take, take the cat too. <laughs> but whatever you do, don't take my stereo. <laughs> you know? And then with his priorities in the right order, yeah. Is, is Spike, is Spike um, Scottish? Spike is that? No, actually, Spike is Welsh. <laughs> um, and, a, and a giant of a man as well is way over six foot and it was always quite funny watching us on stage because our singer Janie she was quite demure she was probably five foot three so there was this huge difference in height between the two of them basically <laughs> on stage and they're up front yeah. um yeah um what I thought would be quite funny kind of talk about with regards to this was just for me my experience of, of recording it and, and going into studio it was my first time in a re- proper recording studio as well proper recording studio and mm. um I was nervous as hell um and um it's interesting because when you listen when I listen back to it now and I listen there's a little piano solo in it and I was so nervous I think I crammed in just about every note you could possibly get out of a piano <laughs> in this 20 second solo. You know, we were talking about it was, it was like the, the Joseph Giani of the Blues piano solos. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so it's about a 360 note solo in a, in a space of about ooh, eight seconds. It's, nice. Yeah. It's pretty full on. So uh, unfortunately, I, I've been looking around and it's not up on Spotify or anything like that. No, so, no. But I will get the mp3 to you so you can put a clip up so we'll have a listen to a little bit now take the cat take the welcome mat take the front door as you go
guys yeah that was uh red dog don't take my stereo fabulous on truly on fat hippie records did you did sorry Ian, you go i'm just gonna say did you record it as a band or did you do it separate takes no we did it live yeah we did it as a band Oh, fabulous yeah hard which you you have to do really when you're when you're kind of a blues band i guess really you know certainly to get that kind of sound that we wanted yeah and we did that actually, we, although we recorded lots of demos and things after that, um, we always kind of played like that. We played like we, would, we were gigging, basically. We didn't really do separate parts. Occasionally, we mm-hmm. obviously the vocals we might overdub or something like that, backing vocals and things. But, but on the whole, yeah, we played, played them live as we, as we recorded. Um, yeah, it, it was a good time. I have a lot of good memories of that band. And um, they're still going, still going strong. Had more lineup wow. changes and Deep Purple, I think, but they're still coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, yeah, it's um, yeah. As I say, it was a it was a good um, a good experience. The first time that I'd kind of done anything like that, um, and um, yeah, I, I, I'm I, you know I'm proud of it. It's it's uh, it's fun and it's it's. As I say, you know, listening to the other 20 tracks that, or 19 tracks that are on that album, um, you know, I would be very surprised if any of those, those bands were still going. <laughs> but there's longevity in the blues. There's longevity in the blues. There you go. Always. Yeah. Always will be, so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's my one for this week. There must be some connection with um, – there must be some connection with Red Dog, the name Red Dog and music absolutely yeah there's through, a, a billion time. blues bands out there i think called red red dog um our point of difference was we spelled it dog as in d-a-w-g dog, dog. Ah, right so that, that, I was, see. that was our point of difference yeah with that name but yeah I, I I, i've even seen a red dog blues band here in, in wellington so there's, there's plenty of them around <laughs> yeah i used to go to a, a bar in spain in benidorm and it was called the Red Dog Bar. And um, that was famous for having Gary Moore used to go there when he was on tour. Loads of pictures play. of Gary Moore on the wall. Nice. And it was a really skinny bar with a pool table squashed at the end, full of smoke, and uh, but played a lot of blues. And that was a Red Dog. Yeah, it's, it's a reoccurring name, isn't it? Mm. wonder why. Pass. <laughs> why not Black Dog? Well... That was taken by Zeppelin, wasn't it? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. Yeah, thank you. Um, Yeah, Ian, what have you got for us this week? This week, for us guys, I have been on the hunt. I found 2005. It's a really good year. There's really loads of good albums and loads of good movies. 
Um, but I thought I would try do a little bit of exploring and and get off the mainstream. So I got exploring a little bit of uh, neo psychedelic folk. Mm, what does that mean? Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> 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 I'd love to. Genres are like crazy thing. They really are. It's something to do with COVID, I'm sure. <laughs> you, yeah. I mean, the name of the band, you could probably make your own uh, mind up, but I was listening to a band called uh, Kiss the Anus of the Black Cat. What? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yes, kiss the anus of a black cat. You never heard of them, guys? No, <laughs> no, 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 not anything in my playlist. No. I mean, you you have had a you have had a fever. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, the, it's quite well, quite funny. Wait for the um, album title. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I can't repeat that on the podcast. <laughs> right, okay. they, but, have, um, they have twenty two thousand four hundred and three monthly listeners. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And if you're wondering what they're like, I would just probably say WTF. Uh, so I went and had a listen to a whole lot of psychedelic folk because the album covers look so cool. But I just thought this is all rubbish. Every single one of them was rubbish. So I bypassed that and I went mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at this. No, there's no album from 2005. Yeah, there was. It's got a white cover and it's called. Uh, I'll find it. But I, I decided to go for the Violent Femmes. Oh, wow. And I went for a best of album. Yeah, because they stopped releasing by then. But they, I don't, it's my first uh, best of album on the podcast. But uh, mm-hmm. I just, I really like the Violent Femmes and. I like a few of their albums, but I think for the listeners, if you want to, you know, we're reviewing something that's you can get your teeth into that's good. Uh, I think the Violent Femmes are a good band for that. Um, what have they got on that? I mean, the the album's got pretty much all the hits on it. Uh, Blister in the Sun, which DJ Dave is going to spin on the decks now. Uh, yeah, and I just I love that song because 
you know, you can just jump around like an idiot. Don't you mm. feel like that? When you I can... do. I do. Yeah. And then, we're, used and... To, we're used to it messy. Very yeah. much. Yeah. And you don't even care. You don't have to care when you listen to the violent films. Oh, and it's just wonderful songs about, you know, yeah. being kind of adolescent, young person and not getting any. Oh. And it's funny. That great band. Uh, added Up's on there. Freak Magnet was my second choice of song, which, mm-hmm. uh, which Dave may spin for us as well. I like that song because I think we're all freak magnets. We've all got a little bit of that going on, which is great. Um, American folk punk, Violent Femmes, formed in 79. Uh, Ten studio albums, I believe. I thought they had more than that, but no. I thought they had one um, that was just passed down and passed down. And passed down to generation, <laughs> and I said that one with a girl on the cover. <laughs> the the never ending album. Yeah, yeah, uh, just gets passed down. It's timeless. <laughs> it's a, a rite of passage. Why, okay, you've turned seventeen or sixteen. Here's your Violent Femmes album. Yeah. It was handed down to me by my, my, my cousin. <laughs> this is now handed down to you. <laughs> I think they are that kind of band. They 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 still make you feel cool, even though you're old. You can still feel cool listening to the Violent Femmes, right? Um, they actually by 2005 they sold more than nine million albums. Did you know that? Yeah. So there you go. They On that album, been they would have been amazing, amazing like a breath of fresh air at 1982 or whenever this came out, 1983. Um, the debut album, which is Blister in the Sun, right? Oh, yeah. So you can oh. imagine that in 1983. Totally different. Very, very different. Yeah. Yeah. But then they kicked off a whole lot of stuff that went with them. So I think there was a lot of different stuff floating around, but mm. wasn't quite tapped into, right? But people then started getting an interest. But they do an amazing yeah. live performance of uh, Good Feeling. It's great. Um so if you want, what have I put here? If you like a sort of cruisy collection of timeless hits with no mucking around sort of songs, um, 
then this album's great. You know, go and get the best of uh, the Violent Femmes. It's a good introduction to the band. Um, you don't have to dig too deep into their albums. You know, you can just get straight into it. That that would be a party disc day in, day out, right? Ah, oh, classic. Yeah, the, all the songs are great. Yeah. yeah, it's one to just throw on at a party and, yeah. Yeah. So that that was uh, no psychedelic folk. Maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> but leave the cat for now. The black cat. Brilliant. Yeah, don't go down that. Careful with the choice of words. I've at my gig guide, and um, I went and we went and saw the Violent Femmes in two thousand and five. Um, did you? Yeah, they did a free show in the square in Palmerston North at Orientation. Oh, um, and we wow. loaded up the car with a bunch of people from Wellington and went up for the afternoon. They had a big oh. stage, quite a big stage in the in the middle of the square, and um, there was some well, um, you know, Palmy support acts first, and then the Violent Febs came on and did a full set. Um, and how it, was it? It was awesome. It was like a really cool family event because there were kids everywhere, and you know, uni students, but uni students of past years as well um, nice and totally. all the hits and it was just a wonderful day out in the sunshine watching them at this amazing free gig um yeah, wow. i think the only song they didn't play was black girls um, um because it was a bit dubious um but all the others were fine um they were hilarious um they were drum bass and um, just a guitar. I think even the bass was pretty limited as well. Yeah. Um, even played percussion on the side of the um, the scaffolding as well. Yeah. It, it was nice. loose and and loose and like you know basically the, the buskers who got lucky, eh? Yeah. Um, well, that's kind of what Did it seemed run? like yeah. that. Anyway, what a wonderful gig that was. That would have been so cool. It was. It was just so, so cool. What a chill. Yeah, it's a great day, that one. Nice. Ah. All right, David, what have you got for us this week? Um, okay, so I've got, I've chosen a, an album, a debut album from a guitar band that I could have chosen. Oh, gosh. Um, there's any number of guitar bands, and they're all fairly similar uh certainly they came out all in that first five years of the the new millennium you know you had hot hot heat franz ferdinand strokes arctic monkeys maximo the cribs which i've discussed before but i've gone for the kaiser chiefs you guys know much about these this lot um yeah I, I love this yeah. yeah that they it's a riot and yep. I love their second album. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that was my big time favorite. There's, I think, Mark Ronson produced it. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah, quite a yeah. Yeah, yeah that, so that their debut album came out in 2005. Uh, Employment, Employment, mm. I think it's called. And uh, I th- I'm pretty sure it came out. Might have been even the same day. I'd need to go and check as Franz Ferdinand's um, second album. Uh, which was called you could have it you could could have it so much better yeah but this one from the Kaiser Chiefs um, I picked because 
I think, well, firstly, Martin, the other day you mentioned something about Britpop and maybe doing an episode on Britpop. And this band, and in particular, this album really does, uh, it's got Britpop written all over it, right? So it sort of takes its influence from um, that post-punk 70s, late 70s, early 80s, and new wave type sounds. So you can hear like aspects of the police the clash. Um, I reckon there's a bit of Spandau ballet in there, but it's it's a really interesting mix. So you've got um, you've got that predict the riot. I think you mentioned Glenn. It's a great track. I think it was their first big hit. Um, and, and incidentally, these guys are up from where you were in up Leeds, mm. uh, Northern England. Um, yeah, man. And got together when they were. Well, they've known each other since they were about 10 or 11 years old. They, they grew up together. Um, I think the three three main guys in the band, and then they, they roped in a drummer, et cetera, and keyboardist. But um, so they've been together for quite a while. They're still going. But this album is an absolute hoot. So it's, it kicks off with, um, right, well, uh, early in the album, Predictor Right. Um, I think that's my favorite song on, on this one. Very new wave, great hook on the chorus, um, and uh, and I think they played. I'm pretty sure they played this at Live Eight, Glenn, and Born to Be a Dancer, uh, another great track, very new wavy um, and poppy.
And then if you want something a bit heavier, Ian, you might get more, bit more um, overdrive on the guitar. Saturday night, um, there's a track on there. It's a bit grungier. It's quite neat. Um, again, you can hear a lot of police influence in these guys. And probably my only criticism for a lot of these bands in that time in this time is that they they sort of all their albums tend to sound similar. Like take Franz Ferdinand's second album, and I, I've been listening to that all week, and it's very similar to their first, which is not a bad thing, but it's kind of a bit of a rinse and repeat in terms of this the sound they're looking for and and I, i'm not sure that some of the bands that have taken their influence from did that themselves from you know the, the likes of the police or thompson twins or spandau ballet they had quite a, a range in their sort of sonic palette whereas these bands the ones i rattled off you know the strokes and the fans ferdinand's hot hot hate that they all sound the albums all sound fairly similar i i, I was in the uk when they came out 2005 i think i was working in, in a kitchen yeah. at the time in a pub i was doing some cooking and yeah i do remember that album coming out and one thing i really liked about it i don't recall the radio smashing those songs they weren't overplayed they came on every now and then oh, and that was, was really you know good i was gonna say the opposite i was gonna say that i predict a riot it was one of those songs that like you turn the radio on and it was on so oh, I, right. I, I remember it being like that and i remember it being such a big song that it was one of those party songs it was like park life or you know yeah. or wonderwall or something like that you stuck it on at a party and everyone just to go ape shit Mental, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> definitely a pub song yeah yeah great great puppy but it exploded the album came out and it had that it was like um they do this every couple of they do this every so often don't they who was that irish band mumford and sons and they have mm. these albums, they come out and they explode. It's different. And Kaiser Chiefs were great. They were different at the time. Yeah. Every Day I Love You Less and Less. I remember that one really well mm. as well. I think great that was tune. Great, yeah. great song. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Drives along like a steam train. Brilliant stuff. It's mm. uh, interesting though. If you listen to so and, and these bands are all fairly similar. Their their um their verse structure or the melody actually in the verse. Versus the melody that's in the chorus are, are worlds apart often. And even the genre, you know, like in that predictor, right? It's a great example where the, the verse is very new wave. The the chorus could be the clash, you know. Oh yeah. Punk. I was just gonna say it reminds me of the clash and, and the jam as well. There's a there's a yeah. bit of a Paul Weller influence thing going on there as well as some of them, you know. I hear that yeah, coming through. Yeah. I know, Glenn, back in the day, around this time, um, you got me into Franz Ferdinand and there's a few other bands as well um, of si a similar sort of genre. Do you remember that? I think I'm sorry, who mm -hmm. was it? you were... And The Killers as well. The Killers, yes. Yeah. Yep. I definitely like their first album um, quite Them a bit. There. Yep. Yeah, I'd yep. agree with that. But this is definitely that, that five, well, probably, yeah, five to ten year um, period is one of um a bit of not i don't know if you call it a revival a post-punk new wave revival but certainly mm. there was that, that that thing going on um in the uk yeah uh, mm. all right so that's me guys i'm um, over to you must be mr thurston okay um i've got the great privilege of being able to introduce the mountain goats tonight have you guys heard of the mountain goats before no 
Never. Okay. Well, the Mountain Goats are um, a US band um, from sort of California, but mostly it's the vehicle um, for the, the primary songwriter and driver of the band called John Daniel. Um, he's been around for well, since the 90s and when he did released a whole bunch of lo-fi sort of um, stuff by himself and then gradually got a major label um, for AD um, and then went um, and started making some much wider sort of canvas sort of albums um, and tonight's album I've chosen is The Sunset Tree and um, he's probably one of the best lyricists I've come across. Um, extremely oh, just clever with the words that he puts together and the stories that he's able to paint. Um, and a lot of it, and just immensely prolific, hugely prolific. There's an album out every year or every second year. I uh, just keeps rattling them out and often the concept albums or themes associated with them and he's able to like inher um, take you know a subject and create a whole story around that but for two albums um, around 2003 to 2005 he went back and looked at his own life and the sunset tree is definitely about that um, and it's focused around domestic abuse um, so it's quite a you know definitely a bit heavy um in comparison to maybe what we've sort of just been listening to some minds holds <laughs> apart the black when, cat uh, well no not not black cat um brilliantness and in the liner notes um he even writes he said this is made possible by my stepfather mike noonan may you may the peace that eluded you in life be now yours and this album's dedicated to anyone anywhere who live with people who abuse them with the following good news you are going to make it out of there alive you will live to tell your story never lose hope um and remarkably with it, an album of you know that subject matter it's actually a pretty sort of at times uplifting sort of story of uh, a young person reflecting or person reflecting back to the younger days and and going through this um and finding relief and relationships with girls and friends and drinking and drugs and um, music particularly is a sort of saving thing um so the first song i've got queued up today is um oh we're gonna i'm gonna make it i think it's called um I mean, this year it's called.
A girl named Kathy wants a little of my time. Six cylinders underneath the hood, crashing and kicking. Ah, listen to the engine whine. I am gonna make it through this year if it kills me. It's all about essentially, you know, whatever you throw at me, I'm going to make it. Whatever kills me, I'm still going to get out of this year alive. Right. So that one was this year. Um, again, getting through that or that time in your life. Um, there's one of the things I don't listen to it all the time. Um, there are other Mountain Goat albums I probably tap into more. Um, but what is wonderful about John is his he's a master storyteller mm. um and you may listen to it and you may struggle with his voice to start with. he's got a big strong voice um and it's you know quite american um but persevere um they are well and truly um a brilliant band to look and watch the second track that i've got is love 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 um and it's about sort of the folly and virtue of probably doing things for love and the pros and cons associated with it so much more sort of folky and this is it now King Saul fell on his sword when it all went wrong Joseph's brothers sold him down the river for a song And Sonny Liston rubbed some tiger balm into his glove Some things you do for money And some you do for love, love, love Raskolnikov felt sick, but he couldn't say why When he saw his face reflected in his victim's twinkling eye Some things you'll do for money, and some you'll do for fun But the things you do for love are gonna come back to you one by one Love, love is gonna lead you by the hand Right, so that's Love, Love, Love by the Mountain Goats from the Sunset Tree. Um, I managed to go and see, um, it was a few years after this, not not too long after, I managed to go and see the Mountain Goats at San Fran in Wellington. Um, and, you know, some of these sort of pub-type gigs are, can be a bit noisy and people mm. you know, like, I wish people would shut the F up. Um, however, the presence that he had and with his band meant that nobody really went to the bar between uh, during the songs 
And it was one of the few times I've actually been to a gig in there where everyone was waiting on what he was going to say next. And for me, that was immensely powerful to see something that intimate, but everybody there for the music really yeah. listening to it. So it was really quite a special gig to go to. Did help that they played all my favorites, but you know, you know, it was pretty choice. So it's one of my faves for that. And um, if they came back again to Wellington again, I would go in a heartbeat. Are they a band or is it him and a lineup? Let's be fair, it's mostly John. Um, right. And he, he uses that as his vehicle. Um, but yeah, there, I think there are some kind of established members now that um, yeah, that have been with him for a while. So I suspect it is. You could certainly tell the influence um, of those players coming into the band. The sound expanded, and I think it only but worked um, and helped create space around the lyrics, which are you know are there, but they've created some space around them, which was damn good. So yeah, that's what, the sunset tree. And um, what yeah, kind of style would you say they are? Oh, it's definitely indie. Um, um, it's probably, I suppose, folky. I, I don't know. It's definitely not what Ian described earlier with that other thing. Um, and <laughs> and and it does vary. It varies album by album. Um, right. But what is constant is that big voice and that strong narrative and story that goes with it um yeah so yes the sunset tree so i, I highly recommend hey i'm um, just on question on the liner notes you were reading before mate. Mm-hmm. um and he talked about his he dedicated to his stepdad yes in what way like what was he because this is about well, he um, said, I hope you find, yeah i hope you find the piece that eluded you in life um and certainly Meaning that his stepdad his yeah. intimating that his stepdad was the abuser or the abuser. Oh yeah, totally, totally the abuser. Right. Um and that went through and there's you know stories about his stepfather as the abuser, um, the lion right. as he's described. Um yeah. and as a young adult, 18, 17, 18, with plenty of scotch and under your belt coming home to take on the lion and and then even says you can you can already tell this isn't going to go well he's like talking to us the listener um so it's um, these are actual these are these sorry these are actual personal experiences correct yep right gosh he's putting it all Uh out there right putting it all out there the album before it um we um we shall be healed is wonderful one of my favorites and that's a um, loosely about him and his friends when they were doing a lot of amphetamine um and and as a group um yeah i think he's tried it all um <laughs> but obviously it, it did not affect him and you know particularly badly in terms of musicality and creativity um but yeah obviously did it tough and this was an album for anyone else out there. Say, so, yeah, it is tough and it's awful, um, mm. but you will make it and you will live to tell your story and you are valued. And that was quite a nice message. So very different for me to listen to, mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah, I rate it. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks for that. Um, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry to bring the mood down. Ah, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, sounds interesting. I'm looking forward to listening to it. Yeah. You can't can't beat an album with a silver lining. Oh, um, and, and and I do think it's one of those ones that you listen to as a whole. It's only four, it's only 39 minutes long, so it's not yeah. particularly long, but it I think it does it justice when you listen to the whole piece. Awesome. Sounds like the sort of album that he packs a lot in. Hell yeah. Yeah, at the end of it you're like it's not, you know, you have to you have to work at it. It's not one of those, hey, I'm just going to put on a happy-go-lucky album. And, you know, when you put it on, you're, you're there. It's it not captures Hanson's, your attention. Hanson's Imbop, is it? No, not really. No. Hmm. Awesome. All right, guys, we're going to move on, and we're going to get into our movies. Um, yeah, there were some interesting movies came out this year. Quite a diverse range of movies came out this year, I found, as I was kind of going through. Um. Yeah, um, well, Glenn, do you want to kick us off with this? Sure, no problem at all. Um, Viva Vendetta. Oh, I, did, oh, I know. Great movie. What a film, what a film, what a film, mm. uh, and what a book. Oh, my goodness. Um, I didn't know anything about it, um, and I own the book now because it's awesome. Um, just brilliant, sort of set in a dystopian, fascist Britain um yeah you know nothing like nasty fascists say um (laughs) and around this character of v who's out to he's obviously been harmed by the state and he's out to take them down and he involves a um a young woman called evie and as part of that um and it's a kind of weird relationship between v and her it's a pretty odd one um and there's obviously the police wanting to take out V um, as he's wanting to, I don't know, blow up the parliament. Um, and the old Guy Fawkes sort of fashion, remember, remember, with the 5th of November. Um, oh, everything about it. I just loved the performances by the leads. Uh, you had Hugo Weaving in there and the wonderful Natalie Portman. Um, oh, sublime. Um, it was directed by the Wachowskis. Um, who did The Matrix. So initially, I think that may have been my way into it. Oh, the Warships. Oh, okay. They've done. Um, and, it just, and, the, and the set designs, the art to work on it, um, again, just like my album choice, not an easy watch at times. Um, you know, it's a bit, certainly got some heaviness to it. Um, but oh, what's not to like about a dystopian future and and wanting to waste fascists? Yeah, I mean, totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, Woody Guthrie, the guitar said that this guitar kills fascists. I mean, it's a pretty choice. So um, you guys, so, you guys have all seen it, have you? Oh yeah, yeah. it's been yeah. a I've long time since I've, I've never heard it. of this thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've David, it's, a, it's, it. an, it's a freaking gem, an absolute gem, um, and. You'll recognise the mask, the V mask. It's become legendary, and and you see a lot of left wing protests, um, particularly the V mask is always there. Um, yeah, the anarchist sort of V mask. So it's really iconic, and um, the graphic. Oh, novel, right. The, yeah, exactly. The graphic novel is magnificent. Um, yeah. Uh, they just did a fabulous job. The author of the book, 
um, one of the writers, he even said, look, I don't have a problem with people using the mask again, these things, bring it on. It's great. And it's like, yeah, oh, nice. yeah. That, that's pretty choice. <laughs> so I'll hand it over to Ian and Martin because I know you guys really like this and I saw the film and I went, bam, I'm going to pick that because <laughs> I was wanted to be like, I'm just, yeah. I just, we, Bruin and me, loved it to bits at the time. Yeah. Uh, as I say, it's been a long time since I've seen it, probably oh, around about that kind of time, probably. Um, but it is one that, yes, yeah, has kind of stuck in the memory quite a bit. It's a very, as you say, it's an iconic film. There's some imagery in that film that really sticks with you. Mm. Um, um, you know, Natalie Portman in it is, is fantastic. Mm. Um, probably one of her best roles, really. Yeah, I and that says a lot because she's pretty amazing in pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and a good supporting cast. Didn't they have like Ian Holm in it, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I do remember, I, you know, prior to it coming out, I do remember seeing the graphic novel, like in in shops and things, and being aware of it, but not knowing anything about it. So I kind of went into the movie blind. I hadn't like read the book prior to or the, or the graphic novel prior to seeing the movie. But um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's one I definitely need to go back and kind of <laughs> reacquaint myself with. But um, yeah, you know, the Wachowskis kind of went off the rails a bit after that because then I think they went back to the Matrix and did the other two, which yeah. sucked. And yeah, did, I agree. And then went even suckier with like Speed Racer and wherever that went after that, that one with Channing Tatum with the ears and stuff. Oh, terrible. Uh, <laughs> don't go there. Just don't. Um, but yeah, but this was, was definitely like one of the high point, high points in their, uh, in their uh, filmography. Yeah. She definitely got I mean, it, it certainly wasn't liked by everybody. I just read a quick um, blurb from the guardian at the time. They said that this film manages to be at all times weird and bizarre and baffling, but in a completely boring way. Watching it is like having the oxygen supplied to your brain slowly starved over more than two hours. I totally disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, but... pretty left left wing newspaper though. <laughs> Bunch of fascists. Yeah. This is like they were on. They? Still I don't. I don't quite agree with that at all. It's a I great think, movie, and I, do, and I do like the Guardian quite a bit. But no, it's um, it'll be definitely one of my all top top twenty movies. V for Vendetta, great movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually getting excited about rewatching it because it was yeah, you know, just, and and well, I've, you know what? I've probably not watched it. I've just gone back and read the graphic novel when I felt like it because hmm. I can pick it up and put it down and it's got more detail and depth to it as well um but yeah i thought it was reasonably faithful to the comic what did you think um ian yeah i've got the graphic novel yeah, uh, what did, did you think it was reasonably similar yeah i think it's pretty it's pretty long though yeah i think they did a really good job of the movie i actually think yeah i think i watched the movie first and then did the graphic novel um <laughs> and Oh, the movie just hooked me straight in. Anyway, I I, oh. I like that kind of plot. I like that. I like that gritty, dirty, undergroundy. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're really fighting for a cause. You know, Guy yeah. Fawkes. Oh, why not? Yeah, no, 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 I mean, and it's it's quintessentially British story, which is quite yeah. neat. It's uh-huh. fantastic. 
And yeah. oh, it, it reminds me of a previous choice that I made once before, Children of Men, that film. Mm. So kind of, you know, I think they're kind of sort of similar. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, both excellent films. So, yeah. Yeah. Good choice. But it's a two Great thumbs movie. up from me. Hell yeah. Man, and David, David, you should definitely check it out. I oh, hope that it, I, I hope so. you don't yeah. find it baffling and boring. Or you know, starved of oxygen. I to... <laughs> <laughs> Especially not at our age. Jesus. Yeah, need all that you can thought... get. <laughs> um, I think they were completely wrong whoever reviewed that. So oh, yeah. Watching a different movie, yeah. probably. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's good in there. Uh Ian, what have you got for us? Well, today, this evening, guys, boys and girls and listeners, I went for a comedy because... Um, After my two choices, yeah, I think that's... <laughs> oh, I, uh, I think the movie selection in 2005 was really good. Uh, you know, like uh, sometimes if you're watching, struggling to find something decent to watch, and if you have the op- op- option to type in a, a year um definitely if you if you're at, at, at a loss for some good movies bang in two, you know 2005 because there's heaps so many good movies came out uh i went for i was it was a toss-up between sin city uh which i love the graphic novel i love frank miller stuff but oh, uh so good yeah, but I, I went for pure cheese and pure corn. Anybody got any guesses? Uh, what is it? Another pirate's <laughs> film? It's a uh, 40-year-old virgin. That's a great film. Yeah. It's that. a great movie, isn't it? So oh, Totally. Brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, 40-year-old virgin. Uh, the virgin is, um, what is it, a rom-com um, Steve Carell, oh man, Paul Rudd, uh, Seth Rogen, this a massive, huge, awesome, funny cast lineup. They're all funny. They're all on point. They're all, this, you know, the story's ridiculous and funny. Um, I just, you know, I've got a soft spot for those kind of really cheesy American movies. Well, they feel good, aren't they? They make you yeah. feel good at the end of the day. Yeah, but I, I didn't find it cheesy. I just thought it was just damn funny ass. You've got to laugh, don't you, right? Oh, for sure. It's a brilliant film. The one-liners, I mean, I'm looking on here. There's, there's some amazing one-liners, but I the one the ones that, that sort of stick in, in my mind are... <laughs> I know when they're sitting around a table and they're, and they're playing poker and... Uh, they're talking about women's breasts, and he says, "You know, you know when you grab a woman's breasts and you feel it, and it feels like a bag of sand." <laughs> you know? I just love that kind of humour. Oh, it, 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 it certainly made you go. Oh. <laughs> and this is then the re- reference to the uh, Michael McDonald concert that they're playing in the store, which is on repeat, and he says. If I have to hear Yo Monk Yamo be there one more time, I, I'm gonna Yamo burn this place to the ground. Yeah, I, remember <laughs> I, just, that. I just love yeah. it. 
Was that oh. the appliance in the appliance store? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was that was. Oh. Yeah. Jane, oh. Lynch, Jane Lynch was so funny in it. Yes, that's right. Oh. She was the boss, wasn't oh. she? Yeah, just yeah. so so funny. Oh, she's brilliant. I think the, that is the, a, a what's that, Martin? I was going to say the scene that sticks in my head always is the waxing scene because that's just <laughs> horrendous. <laughs> And the fact was, you know, you couldn't fake that. And Steve Carell really did get waxed for that scene. It was actually, it was actually, if you keep watching Seth Rogen in that scene, it's brilliant because you can actually see him like doing this, putting his hand up in front of his eyes because he can't take it. And the other, the others are just like laughing their heads off. They are just it absolutely just, wetting themselves. Doesn't he scream out Kelly Clarkson or something? Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 I just love it. Oh, those movies. Yeah, they, they no. make they're, they're gut busters for me. You know, I sit down, it's a real quick hour and a half, and I just, I just, I love a good comedy. The 40 year old virgin, the director's cut's really good as well. Just a little bit longer with a few sneaky yeah. comments and stuff in there. But um, yeah, go and watch it, that if you want to laugh. It, was it directed by Judd Aptow? I don't know, mate. Let's have a little. Uh, it does have his sort of yeah, you know, all over this. Yeah, Judd it's, Apatow. I don't even yeah, know who's, who's that. Oh, he's well, he's the guy who helped make this. He's brilliant. Yeah, he did like knocked yeah. up. And, yeah, that was good uh, too. This is Anchor Man. There you go. Yeah, this is, this is forty is really really good as well. If you, it's, it's not as probably as well known as the other one, but again, that's that's Paul Rudd and uh, there's oh. some fantastic stuff in that one as well. Just. You know, yeah. you can really relate to it when you get to a certain yeah. age in life. Oh. It's quite funny. The Americans do that stuff so well. The Brits have got their own style, but the Yanks, they do a great slapstick, you know? Brilliant. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's arguably one of um, Steve Carell's, you know, highlights uh, of his career. It's just so funny. I think they're all performing amazing. Yes, you it know, is. Seth Rogen, amazing. Paul Rudd. Amazing characters. Yeah, oh, I just I just remember the bit where he's selling off all his action figures. He's got oh, like yeah. six six million dollar man six in his box and stuff. He goes, Who's that? And it's like, well that's that's like the, the guy that used to run the lab that created the six million dollar. They made an action figure of him. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. Oh it's funny, isn't it? Very oh. funny. So there you um, go. That was uh that was my little that my little input for this week. I hope you enjoy that. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a Bit line here um, that I remember. It's when um, Paula, the boss, starts flirting with him at work after sharing her love song with him. And she <laughs> says to him, I'm very discreet, but I'll, but I'll haunt your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good It's such a good movie. Yeah. So many good one-liners, right? Uh, He's on this bike at the end too, isn't he? Oh god, it's yeah. just a, it's a yeah. great film. This, the, yeah, uh, I, I like the part where she spews the uh, shellfish on him in the car. Mm-hmm. I just think that's hilarious, and then goes for a big, goes for a big kiss. <laughs> I just, oh, it is, it, is, it is sort of wince, sort yeah. of humor. Yeah. Have you Close seen enough. it, David? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've definitely seen it when it came oh, out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jamie. Funny stuff. Cool. Thank yeah, you for that. That was, was you all right. Yeah. Good stuff. Gonna have a laugh. All right. Um, well, I'll go next then. Um, so, 
film I, I'm chosen, not particularly well known, although I think it should have done a lot better than it actually did. So I've chosen a film called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which was uh, directed by uh, Shane Black, who we've mentioned once or twice on here before with The Last Boy Scout. Um, um, yes, he had Robocop, wasn't it? Uh, he didn't do Robocop, but he uh -huh. did Lethal Weapon. He, uh, he, oh, right. he okay. wrote, he was a writer preliminary to start with, and this was the first film that he directed. And it stars um, Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. Yes, good movie. I don't know this film. It's 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 like a hidden gem, really. It's it's a cool yeah. one, and um, yeah, the dialogue is still like whip smart. Like it's you know the one liners in this are just would, would literally have your eye out if you're not careful. That they're, they're really really sharp. Um, it's the plot behind it basically is that um, yeah. uh, the characters. Um, one of the characters basically he went he gets a screen test uh for a movie um and the only reason he gets the screen test is because he is he basically starts showing remorse in, in the audition for a, for a, a burglary that he committed and and botched <laughs> um and the director basically thinks that he's method acting um and sends him to, to los angeles for a screen test <laughs> Um, and while he's there, he meets a private investigator who's played by um, Val Kilmer, um, who's called uh, Gay Perry Van Shrike. Um, and he, he is a gay character. Um, but what um, what he wanted to kind of put across in it is, is that he'd never seen like a gay actor or a gay character within a movie be like the hard man. And that's exactly oh, what, what no. Val Kilmer is in this. So he's the one that's like busting down doors and punching people in the, in the face and, and all of that. Um, <laughs> but he also, and as a result, like some of the one-liners that they come out with are just brilliantly, brilliantly funny. Um, yeah, and it's it's loosely based around kind of like the, um, there's all kind of detective levels, like Dash Hammett and um, Raymond Chandler kind of novels. It's got that kind of, you know, uh, there's, there's even like the monologue over the top of it in the, in the same way as those old movies kind of have, you know, so, you know, she walked into my office kind of, kind of mm. talking over, over the top of it, which is Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, character. Um, Robert Downey basically said that this was the film that basically brought him back from the brick in terms of, because uh, uh. up uh, just before this, he just got out of prison. Um, and obviously, you know, He'd had a pretty rough time of it. Um, but um, this was the film that basically brought him to the attention of uh, John Favreau, who then casted him in Iron Man yeah. um, off the back of this. Uh, the film cost $15 million to, to make, uh, and it made a box office return of $15.8 million. Huh. So it just about broke even. Um, didn't do particularly well in the States either, um, but did do quite well. Um, overseas, which is where it made like most of its money back. Um, yeah, I don't want to kind of go into the plot or, or the details anymore because I don't want to spoil it because it is, as I say, a detective kind of story and, and it kind of as it unveils. But as I say, like the one liners are very, very funny in it. Um, there's a brilliant line I seem to remember where, where he's um, meeting where Robert Downey Jr.'s character uh, is meeting. Um, like a girl at a party or something, and she says to him, so, so what do you do? 
And he goes, oh, I'm retired. I invented dice. Now I just live off the profits. <laughs> I invented dice. <laughs> so that's kind of where it's at in terms of the humour level. You know, as Shane Black, um, he doesn't do a, a lot of movies or, or screenplays anymore, but off the back of this, I, I kind of went back and watched some of the older ones. And, and uh, yeah, Last Boy Scout is, is the same kind of humour. Mm, um, yeah obviously the lethal weapons and stuff. One that he did like later on, which I could thoroughly recommend as well, if you, if you get the chance to see it, it's called The Wise, the Nice Guys, which is Russell Crowe and um, not Ryan Reynolds, the other Ryan. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh-huh. Gosling? Gosling, thank you, yeah. Uh, and that's hilariously funny as well and well worth, well worth checking out. Both um, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling and that. Hilariously funny. Again, just a brilliant, brilliant script. It's a shame he doesn't really do more, Shane Black. Um, you know, if you want to know what he looks like, he actually had a, he actually had the smallest part in Predator. He was the one with the glasses. He's the first guy to get killed by the Predator in Predator. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. right. Which he also um, had a hand in writing. He did like a script doctor on that and, and went in and kind of like buffed up the dialogue for that as well. So a lot of I those, did, uh, I did times recently watch, lines and stuff. That's that's his doing. <laughs> I did recently watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and oh, uh, yeah, because I was going through the, I think it was the Rotten Tomato ratings, highest ratings. Mm-hmm. It's, it's up there, isn't yeah, it? I can't, yeah, I can't remember what it was, but review wise, it got great reviews. Yeah, it's um, it's a cracky movie. Yeah, I had to thought, why have I never seen this? It's a great movie. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So that that was my choice. Yeah, and um, as I say, yeah, well, worth, well worth a couple of hours of your time. Go and go and check it out. Mm. Yeah, good movie. Okay. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, I'd like to check that out. Dave, Sounds like my sort of cup of tea. Dave, you haven't got a movie this week, have you? No, I, okay. I watched plenty, but yeah, I remember watching King Kong when it came out. Yeah, but nothing I really wanted to talk about because no. I mean, even King Kong was disappointing. It was three oh, hours. Oh yeah, it was, it was really long. Did the Beatles have anything in two thousand five, mate? Or ah, uh, no, that's really why I don't want to say anything. <laughs> uh, nothing really to say. A re-release or come Kate on? Bush, Kate it Bush had an album out though. Actually, uh-huh. Kate Bush and Tori Amos both released something, and but they're not movies, so I won't go any further. Was there any TV shows or anything like that from around that time that you uh, loved watching? Or what? I, no, so 2005, I, did, I looked down the list and there was plenty that I saw at the box office, but none of it mm. really was, certainly I didn't want to watch it again. And I talked to Philip yesterday about King Kong because um, he's a lot closer to that sort of stuff and he remembers it better. And he was bringing back all those memories. It took forever to get through the bloody plot. First wow. 45 minutes before you actually understood who Kong was. Um, yeah, it was, uh, and that's the one that sticks. But, you know, Phantom, uh, not the Phantom, uh, what is it? The um, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith came out, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, final installment. Um, big year for Star Wars there. Mm, that was indeed. Um, there was plenty, but yeah, just nothing that really stuck. And like I said, nothing that I wanted to watch again. A bit of a weird one from that year, they, uh, but but I quite enjoyed it, and I still, you know, if it's on, I'll still watch it. It was the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, I thought they did a pretty good job of that in terms of like the the movie adaptation of that. And um, 
you know, Marvin the Par- Paranoid Android, which was I Alan thought, Rickman, was just inspired. <laughs> I agree. And the design of Marvin the Paranoid Android was fabulous. He looked yeah. amazing. And what a misery guts. But a lot of that humour <laughs> went way over my head. Um, I but, never got into it, eh? Yeah, no, yeah. nor did I. We were Sproman and her family. They were massive into Hitchhiker's Guide. Mm, uh, my son's into it. Riley loves yeah. it. Yeah, I just, I don't Likes know. the books, yep. I, kept, I remember annoying Bromwich during the film, like, what's, what's, why has he got a towel? <laughs> that is so on? like you, Thurston. She's like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. I'm like, what? <laughs> just stop talking. No. It, was, it was all right. It was just weird. And it still is weird. Yeah. Yeah. And Bromwich just said, you're weird. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it from the seventies or early yeah, 80s yeah, or it is. yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's not, I think after the, the after it was released as a novel, there was a BBC adaption of it, which yeah, again, that's like, legendary. It, that one, yeah, people bowed down to that, worship at a shrine for that, you know, kind of thing, a bit like the Doctor Who and the Blake Seven type thing. Um, yeah. But um, which I remember a little bit of from from as a kid but yeah it was good to kind of go back and, and watch that movie yeah it's, it's a fun one there, i was just looking through the list here there were some some interesting movies that you, you know batman begins came out in 2005 i, love that. Yeah. I really loved that but then you know i was always going to it's a batman thing mm. who was that who was the batman in that one it was christian, christian bale yeah and oh, it was christian gritty bale. and it was sort of like the comic um um year one or yeah, yeah, that's right. The first one, mm-hmm. and um, and that was, I think, if I'm right, it was um, oh gosh, the names just escaped me. But Ian mentioned it before. Um, who did um, Sin City? What's his name? Frank Miller. Frank Miller. Yeah, it's a Frank Miller story, and yeah. it just borrowed so much of that story in there. And I was like, mm. yeah, this is awesome. After mm. the disappointment of the Val Kilmer and the, the other oh, guy. Yeah. yeah, it definitely brought Batman back from the oh, right. brought, movie yeah. voice. <laughs> and I just loved it to bits. Um, yeah. Uh, what else came out? War of the Worlds, the Spielberg one, the Tom Cruise one. It was, uh, it was a bit of a mixed one for me. Um, it, was, it was okay. Spectacle-wise, it was, in, it was cool. Um, mm. I just remember Dakota Fanning screaming through like 90% of the movie, though, which kind of ruined it a little bit for me but uh yeah um once we had jarhead do you remember jarhead which was like the war one with um that dude who i can't remember <laughs> dude <laughs> no not that dude the other dude yeah oh that uh, guy that yeah, guy. yeah. 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 yeah he's awesome what's yeah, it yeah oh, uh, kingdom of heaven ridley scott which was Kind of like one of those huge Ridley Scott epic kind of, I'm just going to employ thousands and thousands of extras for this movie. Um, didn't do particularly well on its original release. And then they went back and did a director's cut of it, which again is something horrendous, like maybe three and a half, four hours long. But it oh. does, um, but it did fill in the gaps quite a lot. <laughs> so it's like nothing else that you could possibly have put in there. It's just like I just I've spent I put every every scene I filmed is like now in this movie. Oh, um, yeah. Um, oh, the island that was quite a good movie. 
Remember that one? Oh, yeah. With, with um, Scarlett and um, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. That was a Michael Bay film. And, like, you know, Michael Bay's oh, famous man. for just blowing everything up. Yeah. Um, but it was quite restrained for me. It actually had a story, which was <laughs> a novel, novel idea. Really and Michael they didn't Bay. blow the island up in the end, did they? They didn't, no. No. He, he held back. Well done, wow. him. Uh, well done. It'll be the first time I <laughs> that he's held back. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah? I wonder how it felt. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not good because he let it all go. He let it all go on the transformation. On the transformation. It was all on after that. <laughs> Couldn't stop him. That was the problem. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned People. what TV was out then. The Sopranos reigned supreme in 2005. I don't remember watching. I remember my brother talking oh, about it. Amazing. I, 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 never, so, I still haven't seen it. Oh, look, it's the beginning of the golden age of television. So Sopranos mm. is credited as being, the uh, you know, if you didn't have a Sopranos, you wouldn't have Breaking Bad. If you didn't have Breaking wire. Bad, you wouldn't have The Wire. You wouldn't have, yeah, absolutely. And mm. through to the even the Game of Thrones, you know, these epic series that... Um, had but you know ended up having um budgets for episodes akin to to small silver screen productions um and mm. yeah the sopranos was i think went through to about 2008 2005 went for ages 18. didn't it there's a lot totally. of didn't you have no? to have like a sky or a pay-per-view account to see it though? it was on sky yeah i didn't have it yeah HBO. so so the start of the paywalls but it's, you can get it on now. I think it's on Netflix and that. But yeah, it's totally it's an amazing series. Yeah, I've still never seen it, and I love gangster stuff, so mm. I just need to watch mm. it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's is the occasional super. episode, and mm. it was pretty good. Yeah. My brother rated yep. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, just looking through the list of shows here. Yeah, I got one of my one of my little favorites from from back then uh, my name is Earl. do you remember my name is Earl? oh yes we well, used that. to watch my name is Earl. <laughs> I love yes. that so much <laughs> was it a show a tv show yeah yeah, yeah. Basically, basically that's a loser program and it was yeah. really good uh jason lee was the star of it. and um he basically um I can't remember exactly what the catalyst is, but he ends up making a list of all the people that he's done wrong to in his life and basically goes and tries to help them and, and like rectify yeah. it and, and yeah. cross them off the list. So each episode was basically him going around someone to someone and crossing crossing the name off the list. The yeah. the one that sticks out for me, they did a smoking the bandit kind of tribute episode. <laughs> remember. And there's him and the other guy both driving around in his trans am because he's got the tash in this, he's got like the, the, the boat runner's tash. Just just perfect. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't take itself seriously at all. And it was oh, that, not ensemble, at all. That, that ensemble cast that went with it was so fun. Yeah. I don't know the good. lady's name, but she was hilarious. It was a good series. Mm. It was a good series. We're just about thanks, there, guys. Time wise, but um, but thanks for listening, yeah, everyone. Um, keep posting you. your comments. Yeah, please, please keep posting your comments on the Facebook page. Uh, we're really enjoying reading them. Take the cat. Take a welcome mat. Take the front door.
just leave.